Let me come now to our fourth panelist, and she's Danielle Nirenberg. Danielle is very, very, very well known to the half million followers and plus uh, around the world, but you are the president of Food Tank, uh, and in that uh, respect, you have many different uh, engagements and interactions uh, with all of us working in the international agricultural arena. Danielle, we look forward to your remarks. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. I want to congratulate Shengen and Rajul and all of you at IFPRI for putting together what is a really thought-provoking and really interesting report. For agricultural nerds like me, you know, I look to IFPRI for the data and the stories that help, you know, keep food tanks uh, sort of machine running. We highlight stories of hope and success in the food system, and, and looking at what has been put together is, is really helpful for the work that we do. I think, you know, what's so exciting for me about this report is that, in, and I'm just going to focus like on a few takeaways that I think are important, um, so not one specific thing like the other panelists have done, but a few takeaways that I think are important and, that, and then a few that I thought maybe were missing. Um, so again, what, what's most exciting to me is that this report focuses on solutions. And uh, you know, uh, uh, looking at food as the solution to some of our most pressing environmental and social challenges. And I, I think you know, in, it's in the first or second chapter where you say food can fix it, which is your real tweetable moment for this report. <laughs> because it, you know, again, food can be the solution to some of our most pressing problems. Um, and it, again, that's something I agree with wholeheartedly. Uh, but agriculture and food can really only be the solution if farmers are at the forefront of research and development along with researchers and scientists. Often well-meaning development organizations go into communities and sort of tell them what they need rather than asking them what they want. And for, for you know, to alleviate hunger and poverty and for things to change, that paradigm needs to shift and we need to really look at more participatory ways of, of doing research and, and dealing with communities in more proactive ways. Um, I think essentially, and, and again, this is something that the report gets into, is we need more democracy in the food system, uh, and uh, as well as greater political will, which was pointed out earlier by, I think, everyone on this panel. Um, governments need to really step up their game and to, uh, you know, really focus on, on strategies and policies that help farmers and eaters alike. Um, one way to do that, and I think IFPRI explains it pretty clearly, is through better access to data and through improving information and communications technologies, which is you know, something very important for, for the work that I do. Uh, and, and that kind of you know, ICT work is literally putting power in the hands of farmers through mobile technologies and allowing them access to information about markets and weather and things that they never had access to before. What's also interesting to me, um, and this is something I was able to participate in International Women's Day at EFAD, um, uh, I guess about a week and a half ago, um, and you know they were really focusing on how ICT can help women farmers, um, you know, gain access to information that they never could before because, you know, simply because they are women. So I think there's a real opportunity there, and that's something that this report points out. The other thing that I think is interesting is, you know, the CGIAR uh, platform for big data is hoping to turn that immense amount of information uh, that, that scientists and farmers and extension agents and others are collecting in the field and, again, make it more 
available to everyone, democratizing that system of open access to, to information, I think is critical. Um, and it's especially critical for, um, uh, you know, uh, planning and decision making and, and being able to make better predictions about, you know, when to plant, when to harvest, especially in this very, you know, uh, erratic time of extreme weather events as a result of climate change. My, my fear, however, with some of these new technologies is that they're not always uh, culturally appropriate uh, and that the, the new investment doesn't take into account, again, the needs of, of, of communities. Um, and I think the best technologies are those that combine new advancements with indigenous and traditional knowledge and help advance what, what farmers already have been doing for generations and generations. Um, and so I think, again, it's clear that for big data to work and for information and communication technology or ICT to work, there needs to be more transparency and information sharing. Um, there are a couple of things that were touched on in, in the IFPRI report. And again, I'm a fan, so I, I only mean this in the best way. Um, one is, you know, and, and these are just things that I, I would have loved to hear more about. One is the issue of true cost accounting in the food system. The report mentions a lot of the negative externalities that are a result of agricultural production and land use change, but there are also positive externalities that result when agriculture is done in you know, right ways or more sustainable ways or better ways. And I think you know, there's a, a real opportunity there. Um, the economics of ecosystems and biodiversity, or TEAB Agri-Food, which IFPRI is, is very deeply involved in, will be releasing a report later this year detailing the positive and negative, negative externalities of, of food production and consumption. And again, touching on you know, some of the positive things that result uh, when, when food production is done right. Um, and then the other thing, you know, there, there's a, a very interesting survey in the first few pages of the report that talks about um, the, the overall dissatisfaction with both global food policy, policies and national and regional food policies. And I would have loved to see a question in that survey, which was about a thousand people across the world, right? Uh, to see what was happening with local food policies. I think because of that lack of leadership at the national and, and federal level in, in many countries, it's exciting how many cities and municipalities are, are taking the lead on developing action plans around access and affordability, around uh, food and climate plans for their cities and their villages. And you know those are providing the really innovative examples and um, uh, templates that other cities can follow, and and that's the kind of political um, engage or that's the kind of political engagement that I can I think can really attract youth especially into uh, the policymaking arena because that survey also points out that youth are very dissatisfied with progress. I'm going so much over time the, with the progress on 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 hunger alleviation, and. Um, so I, I will just end with, with something that I think IFPRI highlights throughout the report, and that's this need for breaking down silos. And this is something that a lot of us in the food and agricultural community have been calling for for a long time. Like, you know, we have to break down these silos and we have to get people talking to each other, like Catherine was saying before. But 
IFPRI do, really does that. And I think by partnering with the EAT Foundation on Chapter 2 and inviting someone like me to participate on this panel, that shows that you're thinking in new and different ways and trying to engage different audiences. So again, I congratulate all of you on that. I think it's really important. And I, again, I'm honored to be here today. Danielle, thank you so much, and thank you for sharing the richness of ideas, uh, reinforcing points, drawing our attention to some key areas where we can enhance further, and opening that whole discourse to the local level, which I think is a very important point that you mentioned, and connects in well with Catherine's opening remarks on governance at different levels.